This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage process into the 21st century with a fast, easy, and completely online process. Check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com/fool. It's Thursday, November 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. Thanks for being here, man. Hey-o. I know I pulled you out of a meeting, so I appreciate that. Well, you know me. I'm an important meeting. And you, you know, I like that. I like that <laughs> you and the other analysts all get together. To it's an investing team meeting. You know, I, like, I mean, we are. I like that. Um, thought of in some circles as an investing company, I would be included in that circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, you didn't yank me out of the meeting. We we finished right on time, thankfully. So nice. it was from from one meeting to another. Uh, Duty, so to speak. Let's uh, let's get to some earnings because we've got some earnings today uh, in the retail space and the restaurant space. We'll start with Macy's though. Shares of Macy's are up eight percent so far today. Help me to understand why, because <laughs> on the surface this was not a great quarter. Uh, third quarter profits and revenue came in much lower than expected. Their same store sales were down. And there was an expectation they would be down. They were down even more than that. Sure. Why the optimism? Uh, so I think two things. They I mean, maintain their guidance. Why? I was going to say. I mean, you've got a, a retailer in a volatile environment here, and I think they actually, if I'm not mistaken, raised the full year sales guidance a smidge. Which I mean, to me, that. That is 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 you got you got to at least account for that. I mean, we're coming into a holiday season where I think there are a lot of question marks, and so I think I think it certainly shows the advantage of being a retailer like Macy's, where you are not levered to just one thing like apparel, so to speak. I mean, Macy's has a very diverse sort of product line, uh, but then the other thing I think that's relatively encouraging is that they are showing at least uh, potential in figuring out ways to potentially monetize. Um, the the real estate portfolio they have. I mean, you, we've seen sort of this play out before with another uh, retailer in Sears, where the argument eventually became, well, no, the the retail picture for Sears doesn't look all that great, but they have all of this real estate, and so let's go try to value that real estate and assign a reasonable sort of valuation on the stock price and determine that this is uh, you know a good price to pay. And, and Sears obviously has just failed on every front, really, to to, to materialize for investors. In this case, Macy's, I think, wisely is partnering up with a a. A, a, a firm that has a good reputation, at least when it comes to real estate and Brookfield Asset Management. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, a lot of lot of question marks on that deal, so to speak. But I think that you've got Macy's with a lot of valuable real estate, partnering up with Brookfield Asset, figuring out ways to kind of help monetize that real estate in an age where that real estate isn't as valuable for Macy's as it once was. So, uh, still, still plenty of headwinds for Macy's. I don't know that I necessarily look at this as like a stock you want to have on your radar. I mean, from the top line perspective, it's not encouraging. Margins, uh, not all that encouraging. And I don't know that there's anything really on the horizon other than perhaps a holiday season here that were they best expectations. So to me, like it's not exactly a stock where you say, "Oh, well, let me get out there and go buy this thing." With that said. The the guidance here for the full year puts the stock at somewhere around thirteen times full year estimates for a pretty strong brand in the retail space. I, I think you could probably do worse, and maybe is worth a look. Terry Lundgren is the CEO. He was uh, on CNBC this morning talking about the holiday quarter, saying this is our Super Bowl. So I mean, <laughs> he's he's being very clear eyed about 
the opportunity that they have over the next two months. And that's good because their comps have fallen seven months in a row. Yep. So he he was as Joe Mager would say, he was talking his book. He was he was talking things up. He he did speak to the deal that they have with Brookfield Asset Management. Sounds like not everything is nailed down in terms of how the revenue split is going to go, but he was pretty fired up about that opportunity. And I think I think you're right. I mean, if that if 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 that ends up being a catalyst for them, then we could be sitting here in a year looking back and saying that was Maybe the smartest thing they could have done. Sure, I mean it's different. It's there's the the difference between trying to value the real estate versus valuing what smart investors could potentially do with that real estate. And I think in this case, we're looking at it's sort of the latter here as as far as potential goes with Brookfield Asset Management. And so I think it's encouraging at least. I mean, it's nice to see these guys thinking a little bit outside the box, understanding this is a very quickly changing space. And I mean, you look at all of these retailers going into the holiday season. Amazon hiring like 120,000 new part-time employees to kind of deal with this. Most other physical retailers are really kind of just maintaining a, a, a sort of firm line there, if not maybe cutting some jobs. So uh, that that they can bring this kind of news into this earnings announcement, we know the market is forward-looking, and the market is looking forward and thinking, hey, maybe there's something here. Shake Shack's third quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected. They raised full year guidance. Their comps were up nearly three percent, and same Shack sales. Yes, uh, and the stock up fifteen percent today. Yeah, still down considerably from down from the highs yeah. of when it was hitting ninety dollars a share. Was that a year ago, or maybe a little bit more than that? Something but like so that, yeah. so now it's up. It's closing in on forty dollars a share. It's like thirty-eight dollars and change right now. So it's having a big day. But this was, you know, what? Give them credit. This was a really good quarter for them. Yeah, and I think the stock price is probably a bit more in line with with reality now. Right. And, and um, uh, yeah, hey, don't tell these guys there's a restaurant recession coming or happening. I mean, it seems like they are uh, holding their own in a pretty tough environment. I mean, its sales growth, I think, of forty percent was. Wow, and um, as as they mentioned in the release, same shack sales, which is just their take on same store sales. Oh, I thought you were joking. They no, actually no, no, call I'm it that. No, no, I'm not joking. They actually call oh, it that. Come and on. so say that like five times oh, really fast. It doesn't that, work out. <laughs> that's like they looked at Zillow and Zillow using the word zestimate, and they said, yeah, "What can we do? Yeah. What can be a little play on words for us?" That's a, that's a, you know, in the investing world, <laughs> we investing nerds always kind of chuckle at those kinds of things, but. It does exist. It's actually in the release. Go check it out. So, same shack sales up 2.9%. Eh, that's okay. I mean, it's more in line with something like a Panera versus uh, maybe what we saw with Chipotle in those days before the E. coli crisis. I don't know that Shake, uh, that shake Shack is ever a business that would bring those types of comps to the market. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a burger joint. And I don't think they have the same market opportunity that something like a Chipotle has. But with that said, they're managing the business wisely. It is a business that has company-owned stores here domestically. Uh, they license stores internationally. Burgers and fries translate very well overseas, and uh, their their guidance, I think, is encouraging. I mean, they're calling for same shack sales growth between two and three percent for next year. Uh, hopefully, some of that will come through traffic, though it sounds like they're going to try to boost prices a little bit. And they're going to open twenty or uh, more stores here 
domestically around 10 licensed. Uh, now, think about that. That's around 30 stores they're going to open in 2017. Chipotle is going to open about 200. Right. So, that kind of speaks back to that market opportunity that we talk about. So, where where does that put Shake Shack in terms of their store count? If they open 20 more next year, does that, does that put them somewhere in the range of uh, I know they got to be over a hundred at they this just, point. Yeah, they just was, opened. And, and by the way, just for, for for people who are, you know, new listeners or just sort of new to the Shake Shack story, part of the insanity when the stock hit ninety dollars a share was the fact that <laughs> when it hit ninety a share, this they only had seventy locations. Yeah, the share price was valuing each store at like one trillion dollars. No, I mean I remember Matt Argusinger talking about like this. You know, you look at the market cap of the stock and it's valuing every location as as doing something like forty million dollars in sales. Yeah, it was absurd. And if you compared it to something like a Chipotle, where the average volume there for a restaurant's like, you know, anywhere from two, two point three, two point. I was going to say like two and a half. Uh, I mean, you could certainly sort of extrapolate that information to the stock price and understand sort of the absurdity that we were dealing with. And had and we had I think legitimate concerns on those have played out, um, but no I mean to your point uh, they opened their hundredth store this past quarter okay so next year they're going to have 125 130 stores somewhere in that neighborhood again I mean looking looking at the market opportunity sort of aspect here Chipotle has a little bit more than two thousand restaurants. I mean, it's it's unreasonable to expect Shake Shack to ever get to the point, and maybe they get to 250. Who knows? Again, it's burgers and fries, so it's not extremely differentiated. Uh, but they do something, and they do it well. And although I've never been to one of you, yeah, I've been to the like one it? in in DC. Yeah, really like yeah. it. Everybody I've heard from likes it. So I mean, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't continue to succeed. It's just. As investors, one of the big things we look at is market opportunity, because that gives you an idea of what kind of growth to expect, what kind of a competitive landscape you might be looking at. Restaurants are notoriously difficult. Um, but with that said, Shake Shack has done something very well. They've developed a good brand, and uh, they have a pretty loyal following. And so, this is the kind of stock where, if you can find it at a reasonable valuation, maybe there's a good reason to own it. All right, before we get to our next story, I've got to say a word about Rocket Mortgage. If you've ever bought a home, you already know how frustrating and time consuming getting a mortgage can be. Rocket Mortgage brings that whole process into the 21st century by taking the complicated, time consuming parts of applying for a mortgage. Which, by the way, it's a little bit like the you know the line from Seinfeld about reservations. You know how to take <laughs> yeah. the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. It's like, it's like yeah, I know how to get a mortgage. I just don't like the process of actually filling out all the paperwork sure. for the mortgage. Uh, but with Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, and get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your own financial situation. And the best of all is, you can do it all on your phone or your tablet. So. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, you're looking to buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Party City, whew, third quarter profits and revenue both came in light. The company said it was impacted by a soft Halloween season, and I said right before we started taping, I was prepared to make all kinds of fun of them. Then I started to dig into it a little more. I'm not going to make as much fun of them, just a little bit, but just a little bit because it's like, come on, if you're Party City, I like Party City. I like going to the stores. Yeah, I'm like a good party. I mean, uh, but Halloween's coming every year. You know it's coming, and I, the point that management was trying to make was, look, last year. Halloween fell on a Saturday. 
So we were selling more stuff, and in particular, more adult stuff. More like more grown-ups were coming in buying costumes because they were going to a party on Friday night or Saturday night. This year it was on a Monday, so the weakness that they saw year over year was more in the adult uh, section. So I get that, but then shouldn't you be guiding for that? Like that? Like I, like I I grant you all of that, Party City. <laughs> But I feel like you still need to do a better job of communicating on the guidance. Well, side. it's like you knew the election was coming, right. right? So you could kind of plan for that accordingly. And I think even when we talk about Hasbro and and I think even Mattel to a degree, they talk about like that Star Wars Day that comes every September or whatever. And I think this past year, it, it there was a difference between it falling in the third quarter last year versus the fourth quarter this year, and they guided for that. I and so in reading in reading about these, these results and, and sort of. Answering to your concerns about that Halloween excuse, I, w- I went into the 10K to look at this, and it's interesting to see how they address their market opportunity in the 10K. They say that we op- we operate in the broadly defined 10 billion 10 billion dollars 10 billion dollar retail party goods industry, but the interesting part is that they say we also operate in the seven billion dollar Halloween market a portion of which overlaps with the 10 billion dollar retail party goods industry. My point being is that. In the 10K, they're defining Halloween as a significant part of their market opportunity. So, to your point, yeah, they should have said something right. about this last quarter. It shouldn't have been a surprise for investors. And I think if you're following the stock, if you're covering it, I think any analyst worth their salt would have probably looked at that and said, hmm, you know, maybe this is something. Because if you're a parent, I mean, I, I know that Monday made a difference as far as Halloween goes. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely. It, it was a big, and the most bizarre thing, we actually had a kid come trick or treating to our house on Sunday. And we fully weren't prepared for it. <laughs> they knocked on the door. Nor like, should you be. Trick or treat. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm looking around. I'm looking at my girls. I'm like, guys, are y'all ready? It's not Halloween yet. And it, it was just. Was he confused? It was a she. And I was she, she confused? was not confused. It was just one of those things where I guess they didn't want her out late on a school night. And I get that, but it was awkward. You know what? Good for her. <laughs> I think that's a. You know what? Let's try that next year. Well, hey, Let's she th- was like any analyst worth that. She was planning for it. She knew in advance. Maybe we should have had her on that party city call. Because you got to figure, people. Most people have their candy <laughs> before October thirty first. So why not show up a day early in costume? Just be like, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking to beat the rush. And we had our candy, and I gave her a big handful, and I applauded her for being so proactive. All right, before we wrap up, Walt Disney Company reports after the closing bell today. We are going to talk about this on Motley Fool Money this weekend. Tell me one thing you're going to be watching for in the results or in the the call afterwards. Uh, well, I mean, the 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 subject that's gotten so much attention recently is is the ESPN subscribers, and it's interesting to see the numbers of separate parties coming out saying they lost this many, and management actually disputing that to a degree. But I think regardless, we want to look at where they're going with this BAM Tech investment. We learned last quarter about this BAM Tech investment. They put put $1 billion into that company, about a third of it. But what some people may not know is that that included an option to take a majority stake in the future if they like. So BAM Tech is the BAM Tech is the one that's that's the streaming infrastructure for and so Twitter uses them for the NFL games and uh, Is it Major League Baseball involved? MLB and I think NHL too. And so what they've done is really built this tremendous infrastructure to really do a wonderful job at streaming these live sporting events. And so Disney put uh, a good investment in there with the option to take a majority stake if they like. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we see this quarter uh, mention of perhaps plans 
to take that majority stake if they haven't already decided to do it, uh, because we know that they are going to launch a direct-to-consumer product, ESPN-branded product, here in the near future. And I think this has got to be at the top of their list right now in trying to figure out exactly how they're going to reshape uh, their take on live sports as as over-the-top distribution and as more media companies come into play here. I mean, we know Amazon and Twitter and Facebook are all out there trying to bid for this cricket content, and cricket, globally speaking, is a huge sport. Uh, so, this is a really big opportunity, and I'm sure Iger is looking at this and thinking, this is probably how he can really go out on top, is figuring out how to crack this nut. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Fool. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.